So uh, this past week, uh, I'm sure you've heard the news where China was uh, firing precision missiles, um, strikes in Taiwan. Uh, Ukraine is still battling Russia. And believe it or not, the Republicans and Democrats are still going at it, you know. And chances are, everywhere you look, man, there just seems to be a battle going on. It just seems there's, there's two uh, opposing forces. There's two people that are, one's on this side and one's on the other side. And sometimes it's a war of words and sometimes it's a war. And sometimes I feel like I'm in a battle. Do you ever feel like you're in a battle? Do you, do you ever feel like that every day sometimes it's just a battle? Well, there's a reason that it does. That's because we have enemies. You and I have, we have, we have three enemies. We, we have the world and, and the culture that's constantly at war with us and what we believe about Jesus and what we believe about the Word of God. We're, we're at war with, with Satan himself. He's constantly firing lies. He's flaming arrows at us, wanting us to, to believe these lies, these fears, insecurities, whatever it may be. And then, I don't know about you, but I'm my own worst enemy. Last night, trying to lose weight at 10 o'clock, eating Smoky Mountain Fudge ice cream. Okay, with peanuts that were left over from the ladies' ministry. It was their fault, not mine. I even told Tracy, she says, you want ice cream? I said, not really, but I better be good with... She didn't ask me if I wanted ice cream. <laughs> I asked her. She said she would... Anyway, I'm my own worst enemy. There always, it seems like there's a battle, and it always seems like we're at battle, and it seems like life can be hard. But listen to... Jesus' words. In John 10, 10, he describes a life. He said, the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. He said, but I've come to give them a rich and satisfying life. Or, or it says in another way, in the NIV, he says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I've come that may have life and, and have it to the full. I, I want you to have a life that's overflowing. I, I want you to have a life, man, that's to the brim. And, and sometimes it just doesn't feel like that. But you know what? He's describing this life, whether it's rich and satisfying or, or if it's full, he's describing this life that I would describe as thriving. Man, I, I believe this. Jesus wants us to, to thrive. This, this walk with Christ needs to, to thrive. But sometimes it seems more like survive than thrive. Sometimes it's a win if you can just get to the end of the day and not really done something stupid or, or say something you really regretted. Sometimes it, it feels like a win if you can just survive instead of thrive. Why does it feel like a battle sometimes to not just thrive, but to faithfully follow Jesus? And why, why does it seem so hard? Because it is. Let's just be honest. It is. You're going against the culture of the world. You're going against the, the enemy's uh, fiery darts. And, you know, and then you've got your own sin nature inside. It is hard. And then you have this words. Listen, I didn't pay attention to these words. I didn't call them out when I first read John 10. But I want us to listen to this. Jesus says, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Now, a wrong translation of that would mean to think that the thief is Satan. But in this context of this story, it's not Satan. It's bad teaching of the Pharisees. What he's saying here, the Pharisees, you know, they're, they're telling you, you got to obey this law and keep this rule and this rule and this rule and this law with these sets of rules. And you got to do all these things. And they weren't even doing it themselves. 
But he kept, they kept teaching this way and said, if you do all these things, then you'll be okay. And the truth was, they, they weren't okay. See, law-keeping and keeping all the rules, I'm going to tell you what that is. Man, that is bad news. Because nobody can do it, right? No, nobody can keep all the laws. Nobody can, can keep all the rules. But Jesus came to fulfill the law. And therefore, he came to give life, a, a thriving life. In John chapter 7, he later describes it as life flowing out of him, talking about the spirit flowing out of him and like a river into the souls of men and, and women who, who would believe in him. Another rich and, and thriving life. And he only had one word, one rule, only one thing we must do. Not, not hundreds, but just one. There are many, maybe even in this room, you're trying to do all the rules. And there's only one work that matters. There's one essential ingredient. Now, I know y'all been waiting on me to pass the flapjacks. So, but I'm, I'm reminded of this. This is, this is Mrs. Buttersworth, okay? Mrs. Buttersworth. Mrs. Buttersworth is rich and buttery. Matter of fact, this is not just Mrs. Butterworth's rich and buttery. This is Mrs. Butterworth's rich and buttery, extra buttery. <laughs> this is what we got here today. And no, I'm not passing any pancakes or waffles or flapjacks. Just making you think about it. Well, I went online because I, I looked at the ingredients and, and you know what I found? I didn't find any butter. And then I go online and it says, contains no dairy. Well, if it contains no dairy, guess what else? It contains no what? Butter. Mrs. Buttersworth contains no butter. If many of us would be honest with ourselves, a lot of us we're using the title Christian. And, and so I want you to hear me in a spirit of kindness, not because I want to I help in this situation. We're using the title Christian. And, and listen, we're, we're, we're doing some, we got, we, we're flavored with Christ. We maybe go to church and uh, maybe we read our Bibles and uh, may, maybe we even serve. And maybe, may, you know, we're, we're doing everything that the church says to do. And what I'm going to share with you in a few minutes, if we don't handle this part first, it's going to seem like more rules. And that's what I don't want it to be. So there's a lot of us doing Christian flavored things. But we contain no Christ. And I think that your heart is working hard. I think you're working hard, man, you, and you're trying sort of like the, the early Jews did. Uh, you, you're, you're trying to keep all the laws and the rules, and you're trying to do, do it right. But you contain no Christ. Because there's only one thing that must happen. And you're saying, Scott, well, how prevalent is this? I mean, just this past week, Tracy not even knowing what I was going to preach on this. We had a friend from Locust Grove called, so you're not going to believe this. An 80-year-old man in our church who's been to church as long as we can remember. He served there. He sang in the choir. He, he called uh, another leader in the church and said, look, I'll be honest with you. I don't know Christ. Floored the person on the phone. 
And he said, I've never surrendered my life to Jesus Christ. And so on the phone, the church leader led the man to Christ. And I want you to know, two days later, he died. He had not been sick. He died. And you know what? He opened his eyes in heaven, and he was eyeball to eyeball with his Savior, Jesus Christ. Here's the one ingredient that's required. Here's the butter, all right? Jesus answered in John 6, 29. He said, the work of God is this, is to believe in the one he sent. The work of God, Jesus says, is to believe in the one he sent. Now, this is more than an intellectual belief. This is more than just agreeing intellectually that Jesus lived and died. It's more than that. It answers this question. This next scripture answers this question of how I know that I know that I'm saved. And it's a familiar one. It's one we've used often. It says this, if you openly declare, Paul says, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord, ruler, supreme in authority, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You believe in the Lord. See, that's a belief. I, I, that's a belief that causes an action in me. It's not just an intellectual belief. It's not like I believe that, you know, Thomas Jefferson or George Washington or Abraham Lincoln lived. No, it's a belief that, that causes an action in me. If, if he is Lord, then there's a surrendering. There's a surrendering. No, you're Lord. You're in charge. There's a change in authority in my life. He becomes the authority now. And my job is to follow him. For it is by believing in your heart that you're made right with God. And it's by opening, openly declaring your faith that you're saved. So, so I've, I've got to believe in the one he sent. And I've got to believe that he is Lord. I've got to confess that he is Lord. And, and in that confession, I surrender my life to him. And I believe in my heart that I'm made right with God. And it's by openly declaring my faith that, that I'm saved. See, only faith in Jesus saves us. Oh, only faith in Jesus saves not, not being good, but if being good was a requirement, then the question is always this. Well, how good is good enough? Man, when did I cross the line of, of making it in? No, only faith in Jesus saves us. And you know what that is? Hey, that's good news. That, that's good news. That is the good news. I can't add to it. I, I can't make myself more saved. I, I can't do it. I, I, can, I can try, but I am as saved as I'm ever going to be. You know what? I am as loved by God today that as, I'm, as I'm ever going to be loved by him. Listen, he will never love us more than he does in this moment. And let me tell you how much he loves us. He loves us as much as he loves his son, Jesus Christ, the firstborn of many brothers and sisters. Man, you are loved by God today and yesterday and tomorrow. I don't know what, you may eat a gallon of ice cream tonight. I don't know. But I know this, God loves you and he will never love you less than he does in this moment. It's all about Jesus. Our salvation, it's all about Jesus. It's what he's done for me. And it's what he's done for you. 
So thriving, I, I want us to thrive. And I believe this in John 10, 10, he says a rich and satisfying life, a, a life that's to the full. Listen, he wants us to thrive in this new life in Christ. But let's be honest, it's hard. We're, we're a new creation in Christ. Anyone who's in Christ is a, a new creation. We're a new living thing. But you know what? New living things can, can be malnourished. Thriving is a determined effort on our part. It don't, now, what I'm going to share with you won't save us, but what I'm going to share with you is important if we're, we're going to thrive. And it, what I'm going to share with you only works, though, if you're saved. Because what I'm afraid of is you may take these four things, and it's four things we've taught in starting point for several years, and you're just going to do the things and there's no relationship with Jesus. And man, you're not going to be okay. You're going to be completely frustrated and, and malnourished and wonder why other people have this thriving Christian life. And what I want you to do is, and, and oh, let me say this too. It's not a substitute for time in the word. And it's not a substitute for time with God in prayer. What, what I'm going to share with you is not a substitute for those. We've got to be saved. We've got to be in the word and, and we've got to be in prayer. But what I want you to think about these four things, the way I want you to think about them is think about them like this, like sleep, diet, and exercise. You go, I hate those things, okay? Or at least one of them. We know, I remember being in health class. I don't even know if they have health class anymore. You know, I don't know what, what you call it. What do you call it now? Nothing. They don't have it. All right. So... <laughs> I remember being in health class, and they kept teaching sleep, diet, and exercise. If you, if you want to be healthy, sleep, diet, and exercise. Told me I should only eat 2,000 calories a day. I was a teenage boy. Anyway, I still don't eat 2,000 calories a day. I ate under that. Never mind. <laughs> sleep, diet, and exercise. I go to the doctor in my 20s. He asked me, sleep, diet, and exercise. I go to the doctor in my 30s, my 40s. I'm in my 50s. You know what I hear all over YouTube? I hear in all the podcasts. And no matter what you want to do and how healthy you want to be, you got to pay attention to sleep, diet, and exercise. What I'm going to share with you, I want you to think about as our spiritual sleep, diet, and exercise. And all of these, these next four things are always in the context of relationships. But first... We have to have a relationship with our Father through Jesus Christ, our Lord. All right? So, the first one is this. Man, if we want to have a thriving life, this is what we teach in Started Point. We, we must attend. Just, and, and it's not a big word. It's a, a six-letter word. A, attend. Man, a, attending Sunday mornings. Listen, I'm going to miss you. You know that. This is not legalism. This is not rules. This is sleep, diet, and exercise. Sometimes you're going to get less sleep. Sometimes you're going to eat 4,000 calories. And sometimes you're not going to exercise. But as a rule, these are what we need. Attend. He says, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do. But let's encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Church, if we want thriving lives, man, we must put a value on attendance. I'm not going to give you a gold star. You know, no, you're not going to get to heaven and get a certificate for perfect attendance. It's not about that. I'm going to miss in a few weeks. I hope we go up to the mountains. But as a value... 
being together. Can I, can I, when I got up here, I think it was during the Connect card, I could not describe to you the blessing of, of having seen y'all and talked to some of y'all and then getting in here and, and hearing you sing, not as the pastor, but as your brother, as a church member. You know what it tells me? I'm not alone in following Christ. I'm not crazy in my beliefs here. It encouraged me to come together. Sometimes it's the discipline of just showing up. Because let's be honest. Isn't that what 90% of the gym, the success of the gym is? Sometimes you just show up instead of not going. And had there been times you, you didn't want to come here one Sunday morning? But man, when you left, you were so glad that you did. And it maybe didn't have anything to do with a particular message or a particular song. It was just being together. Maybe there was a conversation that was had. You know, in the gym, they say a bad workout is, is better than, than no workout. It's just showing up. Much of our thriving in Christ is about showing up. Being present to enjoy the, the encouragement that comes from being together. And the moment you feel you don't need it, or you've grown past it, not only have you stopped thriving, and I say this with kindness, man, pride will keep us from seeing it. The moment we say we don't need it, what I'm really saying is I don't need y'all. And I don't need the, the fellowship of being together. I'm beyond that. We are never beyond our need of fellowship. and our, We're never beyond our need of gathering together and being together on Sunday morning. Satan wants us to believe it. But we're never beyond that need. So attending, serve. Now we, we hit on this not too long ago, but I, I want to hit this right now. Ephesians 2.10. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Now, serving isn't a supposed to action. Man, serving is a divine plan that God has made for you and for me, for every believer in Jesus Christ. Whether it be in our minds small or, or grand, you are part of a divine plan then God has not given you a supposed to ministry. No, he's given you a divine assignment to serve others. Whether it be at an ice cream social, whether it be in a small group, whether it be in the front door greeting people, whether it be, you know, passing out groceries at the homeless shelter, wherever it may be, God has a divine plan for you and I to serve one another. And the only time we retire from serving is when we leave this earth and we are eyeball to eyeball with our Savior. So attend. Man, that's going to help me thrive. Serve is going to help me thrive. And then the next one, we got to be committed to growing. In Acts, it talks about the early church in chapter 2, verse 46. It says this, they, they worship together at the temple each day. Now, we don't come here every day, but this is back then in the Jewish culture. But then, then they met in the homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy 
and generosity. So I've mentioned the ladies' ministry several times. They have an event called The Well every Friday night. And I want to invite jo- uh, Janessa and Jocelyn. If y'all would, uh, come on up. And so I love hearing stories uh, about what's happening there at the well and uh, new ladies maybe coming in and, and whatnot. But there's always stories of, of connection. And so uh, I want to I tell you a little bit. First of all, um, Jocelyn is from Honduras. And then Janessa is from Spokane, Washington. And you're thinking these two... Spokane and Honduras, or however you're looking at me, (laughs) man, they have become very, very close, you know, and so I've heard stories just about what the Lord has done in y'all, so here's what I would love for you to do, just just sort of tell us a little bit about um, what life was like before your friendship and before y'all met at the well. Uh, So I moved here just a little over a year ago, and... um, didn't know anybody, didn't have a job, and I've always been a very, very social person. I've got a really big family, a lot of cousins and aunts and uncles, and we're always together. And so coming out here and um, not really having anybody other than my husband, who's working a lot when we first moved here, um, it was just kind of sad and lonely. I didn't really have anybody to talk to, and um, I was just calling my mom a lot, pretty much. What about you, Jocelyn? So when I first got here, you know, it was like a big change and it was very challenging for me because coming from another country, leaving my family and friends. And of course, you know, my husband, Hunter, and his family has always been very supportive. But um, I had a couple of friends also that, you know, I used to hang out and then, you know, one of her, which is Catherine, she moved to another state. And then I was like, just with my other friend, Barb, and she's a flight attendant. So she's constantly, you know, working and, and flying. So. And real quick. So don't tell me how old Barb is. Okay. <laughs> but I know Barb's older than you. Yes. She's more like my age, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and how old are you? I'm 26. 26, okay. Yes. So, yeah, um, uh, so I really enjoy, you know, being around them and all that. But then during COVID, you know, we couldn't really hang out and do life. And there was not groups. And then after, you know, COVID started getting kind of, you know, easier to go through. uh, There were different groups that Hunter and me attended. But it wasn't really like we felt connected. And I think we even talked to you one time about it, that we really, really were praying and wanting to have like a, like, you know, like a couple's married group, you know, that we could hang out and talk. So we pray for that for a long time, but yeah. She keeps talking about her her husband, Hunter. So Hunter, um, Hunter Smith is here. His his mom is Cheryl and uh, Jay Smith. And um, they would head up uh, mission trips to Honduras. And I noticed that um, Hunter went on a few of them. Then I noticed Hunter was going on a lot of mission trips to Honduras. <laughs> and then I noticed Hunter was going by himself on mission trips. To Hun- Hunter was on mission. <laughs> so, so, anyway. Yeah. All right. Well, one of you just tell us, just tell us how you met them. Um, so my husband was actually part of a men's group before we started attending regularly in um, he had heard from Scott, um, Scott England, that there were a couple women's events coming up and um, 
I kind of was, oh, I don't really know anybody. I don't want to. You're nervous to go to events, um, even if you miss being around people, if you don't know anybody and um, you don't really have anyone to talk to. It's just a little more awkward. But I came anyways, um, and then we ended up at the, we came to the well is where we met. Um, but the reason how, how we. Many, how long ago was that, real quick? March, I think. March. Around March. Um, they put us into groups based on our birthdays, and we both had the same birthday, and we are the same birthday month, and so we got talking and just had a lot in common. Yeah. Well, so I've heard about this. I think um, I, I went to lunch with the ladies' ministry, and they were telling me about it, and just telling me the impact that um, it has made. And and uh, Jocelyn, your your uh, mother-in-law was there, and she was just telling me about it. And I said, I, I've got to have them share this story. So would you share how the, how the, this has impacted you and how it's helped you grow in the Lord? Yeah, so, you know, Cheryl has always invited me to different events, and uh, that's where one of the latest uh, events we met. And it has impacted our life a lot because, you know, I was praying for a godly couple that, you know, come to church, serve, and, you know, have no kids because Hunter and me have no kids. And we have other couples as friends, but they have kids and a lot going on. So I was like, and then, you know, like we have been hanging out. So Hunter is not really a social person that much, but he really likes, you know, hanging out with um, Janessa's husband. So we have gone to different, like, you know, double dates, like dinner, lunch. We have even been at their house playing games, um, just going, di doing different things, you know, and just supporting each other. So mm -hmm. it has been a, a blessing for us. Sure. Mm -hmm. um, I think one of the biggest areas that I've grown through our relationship is realizing that I'm probably not the only new person that's ever been to this church um, and that's felt sort of alone and um, not having any friends. And so for me, it's kind of been like, maybe I need to be more like that. Going to these events, um, there could be people there that don't know anybody and they're just there to try and meet someone. And um, so... You know, if I see somebody that I don't recognize, it's somebody that I maybe would just go and talk to now. Having friends kind of gives you a little bit more confidence, too. Whereas if you don't know anybody, you're just kind of sitting by yourself waiting for someone to come and talk to you. But now it's kind of more like I need to go talk to people and reach out a little bit more. Yeah. And I know um, it makes it easier to come on Sunday mornings when you know somebody and you have that friendship. And you know what? It, it, a lot of times we think we can grow uh, apart outside of the context of a relationship. And there's so many growth is not knowledge. Don't don't ever confuse growth with knowledge, because then we'll we have a tendency to isolate. Yes, we need to know the scriptures. We need to study the scriptures. Man, but true growth and needs being met happens inside of a relationship. And what y'all have is a a godly relationship. And, um, and it has impacted you and given you a heart for other people. And that's growth. So anyway, thank y'all. Thank you. Would y'all have to give them a hand? Thank you. I want to say this. Um, 
COVID has changed our culture, our church, and even our lives in a lot of ways. And it, we maybe got out of the habit of relationship, you know. And I want to encourage you, maybe the next well event, the next ladies' ministry event. Man, here's an incredible example of what God can do, you know, just by showing up, you know, just by showing up. Or, or maybe get involved in the ladies' ministry and start serving and, and see what God can do. Or maybe, maybe if you're a man, you, you can't go to the ladies', the ladies thing, but you can come to the, to the men's event. You know, you, you can show up there, you know, and let's see what God does. Or maybe it's attending on, on Thursday nights. Maybe, maybe Celebrate Recovery is just something you're, just, you're not making it a habit. Oh, I'm telling you, man, make it a habit, make it a value, and, and attend and, and serve and and get in a group and see how God grows you in that way. But attend and serve and, man, and be intentional to grow. And then the last one is this. And, and this one, uh, for me, now some of you maybe not. I think it's a small percentage of you that, man, this is the one. Matter of fact, you could forget attend, serve, and grow. You want to go. Man, I haven't met people like that, man. They, they could care less about Bible study, they could kind of, which is weird. But they just want to go. You know, they just want to, they don't care about the songs. They don't care about the music. They just want to go and tell people about Jesus. Well, for me, in my walk with Jesus, this has been the most difficult one. And here's what Jesus said, though. He, he told the disciples, he tells us, he says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you, and be sure of this, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. I was reminded this morning of a time just 12 years ago where I was uh, part of a, of a leadership community thing, and we had a retreat, and I was scared to death because uh, the leaders pulled out vodka before they ate. And I don't drink, but I know that's probably not a good sign, you know? And man, before you know it, before they even started eating, the leaders of the thing were, were drunk. And man, I'm sitting there, and y'all, I live in a bubble, all right? I live in a bubble. I, I got one of the... the best wives you're ever going to meet and she doesn't cuss the staff doesn't cuss the elders don't cuss. I mean they don't smoke drink or all that stuff and all of a sudden I'm not and I'm all of a sudden I'm sitting there and it's five o'clock vodka time and I'm like I was straight up scared just straight up scared and I mean straight up and I wanted to leave but I was paralyzed. Man, I just wanted to get out of there. But yet at the same time, I, man, I was falling in love with these people, you know. And not all the leaders are drinking, not all of them. All but one. And, uh, but I knew the Lord had me there. He had me there. And I said, Lord, I'm here. I'm here. And you know what? I was reminded it was, it was 12 years ago today that uh, one of those leaders came in to the church and surrendered to Jesus Christ. <laughs> and here's my evangelism style. I just told the Lord, I'm here. I'm here. 
a couple years ago or last year, we brought out who's your one. And who are you praying for to come to know Christ? And maybe you're like me. Maybe that just scares you and you're just paralyzed. Just to step out to somebody you don't know. But I guarantee you, maybe it's not somebody you don't know. Maybe it's somebody you do know. And that may even be you know, more paralyzed. And I'm not sure. Or maybe you just feel so unqualified. Jesus qualifies you. Uh, understand this. The Spirit and, and the gifts are, are ours. Are ours. Christ is in us. He'll never leave us or, or forsake us. He's, he's with us always, even to the end of the age. So we go and we, and we make disciples. And, I, and I'll tell you what the, my strategy was. I just answered questions. People would ask me questions, I'd answer them. And it led to, to two people. Maybe coming back to their faith. Or maybe new in the faith. So who's on your mind? Who's your one that needs to know Jesus? I'm going to take some pressure off you. You can't save them. But you can be available. Not perfect. But available. And I promise you if you say, God, I'm here. I'm available. Available. And he will use you. So we talked about attend. We talked about serve. We talked about grow. We talked about go. Man, and I promise you, man, if Christ is Lord. Man, I promise you, if Christ is Lord. And man, you're spending, you got a regular time of prayer and, and Bible time with, with the Lord. In the morning or evening, whatever it is for you. I promise you, if you'll embrace these four keys... Attend, serve, grow, and go. Man, it's like sleep, diet, and exercise. All of a sudden, you're, you're still being a battle, but you know what? You'll be thriving, you know why? Because you're winning the battle. And then when you do fail and you feel like you've lost the battle, you just pick right back up. You come right back. You enjoy His grace, and you attend, you serve, you grow, and you go. It's not rocket science. But we have just found that these keys help us thrive in Christ. So, what's your next step? Maybe my next step is you're thinking, you know what, I, I, I've been toying around with celebrate recovery. I just need to attend. I, I just need to show up. Or, or maybe it's Sunday morning. Maybe, maybe it's just been a hit, hit and, and miss kind of thing. No, just go ahead and dr drive it in the sand. No, I, I'm, I'm going to do this. Or, or maybe, you know what, you've toyed with the idea of serving. No, man, you're, that's your divine plan by God. Maybe you need to sign up for a growth group. Listen, we're going to start signing up a growth group soon. Or maybe you need to sign up for the men's event, which you can sign up out there. Or you can sign up for a ladies' event. Or maybe you need to start praying fervently for that one that doesn't know Jesus. Listen, it'll it be a battle? It's always going to be a battle because they're growing against the, the culture. But I'm going to tell you something, it's a battle we can win. You know why? Because the Lord's already won that battle. Listen, you are sealed. Listen, you are saved. And listen, one day we're going to enjoy our presence with God forever. But if we want to thrive on earth, 
and we want to win this battle, man, let's do what Scripture, what the Lord commands us to do. Father God, I pray this. Lord, as, as we get ready to, to sing, as we get ready to leave here in just a moment, Lord, I pray your spirit now would fill us with an incredible confidence, God, through your, through your presence. Lord, knowing that this isn't for somebody else. Lord, this is for us. This is for, for me. Lord, I can thrive in my relationship with you. And so, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Won't you stand with me?